Welcome to another episode of the Fun Intended Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, George, and with me as always is Matt. Yep. And unfortunately this week, one of our co-hosts, Chase, wasn't able to make it. He had a little bit of a mishap at work and wasn't able to basically be ready for the show in time. So we're just going to give him a bye for this week and let him, you know, heal and rest up and hopefully be better for the next one that's going to be coming out in two weeks' time. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is the Fun Intended Podcast. We are in association with the Clutch City crew. We are a podcast that typically talks about consumer media and other pop culture ventures, be it stuff, stuff that's like something you can watch, stuff that you can read, stuff that you can play. So, you know, movies, video games, and the general nostalgia that comes from being, I guess, into just pop culture and other things of that nature. So in the past couple months, I've been brushing up on my, you know, editing and both video and audio and then shooting and producing and all this other stuff. So maybe, maybe there'll be some sort of future in that. I'll Maybe I'll move to Austin and try to make it big in their ridiculous new Hollywood. Do you think, what do you think it'll be like? Do you think it'll be, I mean, it, it's, it's going to have a different climate, right? Well, I mean, if you really think about the political leanings, well, not really the political leanings, but I'd almost say the character. And I mean, character as in like the, their, their, the philosophy as it were of, of both Joe Rogan and, and Elon Musk. I think it's not going to be the same the same situation that they had developed in Hollywood. Granted, you could go into a lot of other avenues here, especially if you're willing to wear a tinfoil hat. And if you're one of those people who subscribes to the notion that the CIA had some sort of, uh, I guess, association with the Hollywood establishment, but, but we're not here to talk about stuff like that. We're here to talk about fun stuff. And as much as there is some truth to, to to some of that stuff it is definitely not stuff that we talk about here but as as i was saying um because we're getting a little off track the big thing that we wanted to talk about here was uh what we've been doing for the past two weeks so let's see uh on, on our list of topics we haven't really had a lot of games and stuff i don't know about you man what, what have you been doing the past few i weeks? beat i beat uh well, you know, I just kind of, I guess a good place to start is to, you know, pick up where we left off. And I think I mentioned Bloodborne. So I beat that. So, you know, I've really been, I feel like Souls games are, they're here to stay at least for a while. Like they seem to be pretty, anytime I play one, whether it is buy from software, you know, people that made Dark Souls or somebody else. It just seems to be a solid genre or subgenre, if you will. And um, so Bloodborne, uh, it's to catch people up. You know, I it's a PlayStation exclusive. So 
it that's why I played it like so late. You know, if it was on Xbox, I would have played it a long time ago. But I it took me a while to get an Xbox. And um now that I've beaten it, I've I got rid of my PS4, so I don't have that anymore. Um it was like it was like I needed to play um uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Bloodborne, and now I'm like I'm good. I don't need it anymore. So, so you're completely minimum minimalized. Well, I'm not. A, well, you know, I'm not totally. The thing is, is like I'm not against getting a PS5 eventually. So I mean, I you know, I might as well make room now while I can get maximum value for it. Right. Right. So then you know later on I can get that PS5. So. Um, but yeah, so to in summation on, on Bloodborne, I mean, it's a hard, you know, it's, I, I went into it thinking that it was going to be like, it was supposed to be like one of the easier Souls games. It, I don't think so. I think it's just, I think it's par for the course as far as difficulty. Um, but there's some, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't have my stats filled out right. But I mean, there's some, there's some fights where you just get, you get one-shotted. And maybe 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 it's a fight that I should have waited or, or something. I should have done later. I don't know. But um there there were a few frustrations where I'm like, okay, really? You're gonna That's one of the few things like I think in Dark Souls 2, there's a big dragon that would like one shot you. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But that's a skippable boss. Um but there there's a few enemies, but that's my only real complaint. What I really, I like the system they had set up. Um, it took me a while to figure out like how it works. Um, I would, you know, I went into it blind and I wasted a lot of time trying to figure it out on my own. And I ended up making a character that was just, uh, it wasn't very specialized. And so, you know, I went back and, um, and I restarted. So I spent a lot longer playing the game than I wanted to, but I had a good playthrough finally. And um, yeah, so I would, I would recommend anyone who um, to, to sort of like just look up on the wiki, kind of like look up like the stats. I, I, that's what I would say. Look up your stats. Because that'll tell you, okay, this works with this. Because I was putting points in arcane, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get some cool like magic weapon. And there isn't really. I don't think I found any actual like weapons, like swords or other thing like that that you hold. But there are items that you use, and it's not even. And I was thinking, oh, there would be an item that you can use, you can equip in your left hand, right? Like you would equip a gun or a flamethrower. No, it's actually, there's items that you can use over and over again. And I mistakenly, I I should have read the description, but I thought, oh, that's cool. I'd like to find more of these. And really it's like an artifact that you can use over and over again. It just costs ammo. And so with that second playthrough, I got to make my, my arcane build and I did some serious damage with that. It was pretty fun. So, Isn't that typically that's typically your MO, right? You usually when you play games that are class based, you typically go for like a spellcaster kind of build, don't you? Kind of. I mean not 
<laughs> not in those games though. Uh, actually, a lot of times in Souls games, I like a big, I like a strength build. I mean, literally, in like, there's a sword. I'm sure you see something like this owns, but there's a sword that looks like the Dragon Slayer in Souls Two, and that's just like strength. You just max out your strength. You know, it's an ultra great sword, and that's how I started Dark Souls One. Like. You get the Zweihander, and um, you know you just put strength into that. Um, but there's see in Souls games, there's where like you could have a big, you could have like a great sword that uses like intellect, right? There's weird setups like that, and you kind of gotta know like okay, what kind of what you get? What I'm saying, like other games are a lot more forgiving because there's a lot more weapons. This is like, there'll be one or two weapons that may use a certain build or you get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, and, but what was cool about this, but what was cool about this one is, so say there was this cool, there's this like great sword, you know, they don't have ultra great swords, but they had a great sword. And so you can actually like, give it an elemental effect. So if your weapon has an elemental effect that you choose through a blood gem manipulate, like you, you put a certain, a fire blood gem. Well, that fire stat that's on there will be boosted by your arcane stat. So I thought that was pretty cool. So like I said, by themselves, the wep- most weapons don't benefit from arcane. Um, but, when you so you could have you but and then at the end i switched it to lightning or bolt um from fire to bolt and that seemed to do uh some more damage towards the end and there's different different types you know because there's different types of enemies there's like beast there's kin um and so you'll have gems that will bolster those attack versus those um but it's a it's a really cool game i i honestly like starting out i thought i was gonna like it more than Sekiro because of just the the aesthetic like you it's it's you get into a game you get far enough into the game you start to see that it's like it's well from the start you can see that it's very like gothic victorian architecture but the mythos is of a Lovecraftian shade. Um, and you kind of see that in other, in like, um, I saw it sort of a little bit in parts of the Souls game, but this one, this is, uh, this is the Souls game that em- it really embraces that. And they even have like these beams called the, the, the great old ones or the old ones, you know? Yeah, and there's this like great ritual and and like, you know, the sort of the theme of like, you know, madness like taking hold, um, and uh, and and oh oh, and the biggest part I just kind of realized is like, your 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 little haven, if you will, is actually like sort of a dream world, so you know. Dream quest of unknown Kadath, anyone? But yeah, so that's my uh, 
two cents on that. But by the end, like I said, some of those little nitpicky things, um, like just some of those one shot, like I said, uh, maybe I'm just being nitpicky, but, um, I still think Sekiro is the best Souls game so far. And that's the last one they put out. But I see playing this, I see things that they were testing out that they used in Sekiro or they didn't use in Sekiro, right? So things that didn't make it into the next game. So that was kind of interesting from a developer standpoint to kind of see them. They're playing around more. And I think that's why it uh maybe some things felt a little off or unfair okay but i might you know i'm torn i might give it another playthrough on like a ps5 if or you know if they don't come out with it on pc that would be nice that would be nice um but yeah so that's out. That's out. My PlayStation's out of the picture. Uh, I'm. I'm on. So now that the PlayStation's out of picture, that's just one more console out of my life. So let's talk about PC stuff. Right. 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 Uh, I mentioned in the Discord that I noticed in uh, playing Overwatch on PC, I get more play of the games. Um, are you playing as a DPS or something, or what are you? What are you playing as? Um, yeah, I want to say um, the last one I got was with Bastion, which is like, yeah, you know, people shit on Bastion because oh like, yeah, definitely, it's just <laughs> um. <laughs> But to those people, I say, okay, why don't you pick Bastion and, and you, you know, outdo me? Scrub. Scrub. I mean, he's, he's okay for, how do I put it? Like, if you're playing bronze tier people, maybe even some silver tier people, like, for the most part, most people play Bastion the same way. They, they, it, there, there's a very atypical way people play Bastion, which is, for for those of you who aren't familiar, it is essentially one of the character classes <laughs> in Overwatch. His special power is he turns into a big Gatling gun. So, if you will, imagine that you got to play as the Sentry in TF2. So, you just set yourself up wherever you want, and you just sit there, and you mow people down. Typically, it is a very... How do I put it? Back when that pirate ship meta was a thing where they would just put a bunch of like force fields around him, somebody would pocket him, and he'd just sit there and lay waste. It was somewhat of a viable strategy, but the way things are set up now, like the reason why most people say in bronze and silver it doesn't work is because there's no, well, it works in those levels, is because there's no cohesiveness with the team. So there are a lot of ways to take care of him. Uh, one of my favorite methods is to, if I'm playing Sigma, either I absorb all his damage with the his his ability to absorb like yeah, ballistics. I hate, yeah, I hate that thing. <laughs> or this is usually my go-to thing is 
I will throw a accretion at him. So the rock will go flying. It'll hit him. It'll lay him out. And Bastions don't have a lot of HP. So usually at that point, as long as I have like one or two other people with me who are paying attention and shooting at him, one of those two methods is going to work. Either I take all the bullets and he can't hit anybody anymore because I'm just absorbing everything. So my teammates are able to lay enough like heat down range to kill him. Or because he's stunned, he can't retaliate, and we just like mop him up. He's he's really not that hard to deal with for a lot of classes. The problem yeah. is that cohesion that a lot of people yeah. don't have. And when you're playing bronze and uh, and silver, it's easy for a bastion to, to to run amok. So the top tier bastion play is typically attacking from angles where they wouldn't expect it. Yeah. And you don't really see it that often, but for the most part, most people have like a very negative opinion about Bastion. Even even like I, I play them a few times, usually in four v four deathmatch, but only cert- under certain circumstances. I have on particular maps. I have certain characters that I just have to play, and um, he's not bad. But you're probably noticing, and this is the notice the, the thing that I noticed when I started playing Overwatch on the PC, um, which, by the way, is apparently going to be going free-to-play fairly soon, which sucks because I just gave them $20 again. And I'm a little, I'm a little raw about it, but whatever. Um, I'm also having other issues. Apparently, I'm suffering from some glitch that it just boots me. Like they're, From what I can tell from Google, it tells me that there is some bit of RAM that's being utilized by something else that whenever Overwatch calls on it, it's not there. It just crashes. I've been trying to resolve it. I thought I had it, but apparently not. Um, Weird. Uh, if you, you'll notice a big difference here in that there's certain classes that when I was playing on Xbox, I couldn't play for the life of me. Like There was just no way for me to play them. So McCree, for instance, I can't play him for shit on Xbox. But playing him on the PC is actually surprisingly fairly viable for me. And I do pretty well. Like, if we're playing 4v4 Deathmatch or something that, like, for some reason I'm playing DPS, like a Mystery Hero or what have you, I'm actually fairly decent with him now. Same with Genji. I wasn't I wasn't ex- uh, particularly good with him. But now, thanks to playing on the PC, suddenly I'm able to hit those shots and react to things fast enough to make those compensations. And another good thing that I didn't think about until recently, something that people probably don't notice was that when it comes to Overwatch, I'm sure you're familiar with the silhouettes being very distinct for each character. So Um, if you look at it this way, so like, um, for instance, like the, the May silhouette is is definitely a lot bigger than let's say Mercy. So when you're playing like a hit scan character and you're going oh, for headshot, oh, yeah, like it's you have to like react a little differently if you're going for headshots and or even if you're going for torso shots. Like if you're in the middle of shooting a tank and all of a sudden like you know Mercy comes in your field of view, you have to make adjustments and it's kind of hard to go from headshotting one silhouette to moving over to her. Or even more for that instance, where they have such a narrow silhouette that even when you're shooting their torso, their torso is about the size of like a tank's head. So 
there's a little bit of variety and, and things to shift, which I've noticed by playing Overwatch, my ability to adjust to other FPSs has basically yeah. my reaction time is more it gets more polished by playing Overwatch as opposed to playing other kinds of FPS games where I can react and adjust very quickly thanks to them. But more to the point, though, Overwatch on PC for me is completely like it is it is so much better than playing on Xbox. Yeah, and you know it's weird. Like I kind of felt, I kind of felt like um, because and this was more like when I was trying to play Crucible on Destiny. Um, I was like, "Fuck, I'm so used to Xbox. I've lost my skill." But just playing a few rounds on Overwatch, it all kind of came back to me. I don't know why I took Overwatch. I guess I don't know. I think it's it's like I said, the silhouette timing or something. The silhouettes and the importance of like, well, well, variety of firearms and stuff like that, like and and the the damage drop off. There's a lot of little nuanced things in yeah. Overwatch well, that you need. To I, I, I was just yeah. Well, I was just thinking like I I didn't think I'd be going back to PC anytime soon, but you know here I am like just basically getting rid of my consoles for now, um, and. But, but yeah, um, you know, before I mention something else about PC, um, uh, you had something about the Overwatch League? Oh, um, well, one, it's going to start up fairly soon. And two, um, apparently things are a lot different. I mean, for those of you who've been following Overwatch or how you've been following the show, maybe we should just, I am considering like, uh, a little bit getting a little more into it than I was like the last few times only because I have a good feeling that this, this time around that the Houston outlaws might actually be a decent team. Basically. Um, I think I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. I even talked about it in our discord where last season of the overwatch league, the Washington justice, like they got rid of their whole team and they managed to pick up a bunch of like, drop off some other teams who got booted from the they got released from their contracts and so on and so forth and they were able to basically pilfer a bunch of top tier players and build the team for the new meta which they went from being like either the last to second last team in the league to being the most dominant one because overwatch changed its rulings as far as like how long the contract has to be who qualifies for contracts it's all very very boring and not very important, but essentially the Washington justice in the zero hour, were able to make a championship level team out of the discarded leavings of other teams. And they had this like Herculean rise from the very bottom of the rankings to just barely missing their opportunity to go to the grand finals. Well, who was it that they beat? That was like ranked way higher. Like it was. Mm, they were beating. They didn't beat the shock because the shock is a monster of a team. Um, I want to say at the time, I think it was the shock, the Philadelphia fusion, the Miami mayhem. And there's another team that I can't remember right now. 
were like the big four. And the shock they, is the one. I think the shock was the one. the The game that I watched, or I saw the highlights, and it was it just there. Been, like it, they like, played the, the shock, fuck? and they beat them like once or twice. But then the shock do what they always do, and like they they do the whole Harlem Globetrotters trick where they come back from the half and just smash them the bits. But <clears throat> the point is, like they missed their opportunity to go. So the North American qualifiers were the Philly Fusion and the San Francisco Shock. So anyways, they changed all their rules of how they create their teams. So you saw a lot of people, like once the Overwatch League was over, they just started releasing their team members in mass. And when it comes to the Houston Outlaws, it's not that they didn't have like quality players, because th- th- this, is, this is the thing when it comes to a lot of professional sports. And this is universal across the board. You know, it could be basketball, football, whatever it is. It is very rare that a player is just so phenomenally better than everybody else in the NFL. Like most of these teams, they have, these are all extraordinarily high level athletes. It really comes down to their coaching, their, their mental game and other factors that determines whether they're good or not. You can see it in the Super Bowl. It just happened where Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for one season <laughs> yeah. And in that one season, he led them all the way to being Super Bowl champions. Now, granted, there's other yeah. factors in play here. Um, they brought on Tom Brady, manages to convince his friend, uh, what is it, Gronkowski, who, from everybody who I've heard of, like who's apparently worked out with him, like a lot of people claim he is like some absurdly strong human being. Like he's just un- unnaturally super strong. And Combine this with the other like athletes on NFL level, they were able to go all the way to the, the championship. But Tom Brady's like, you know, he's like a Wayne Gretzky. He's 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 a once in a lifetime you know, player. Well, you know, it's funny you say Wayne Gretzky. Um, there's a there's a pair. There's kind of like an almost parallel to the to the Washington uh, justice, like coming out of nowhere, like sort of cobbled, co- seemingly cobbled together. Was the the Las Vegas, that's right, out in the desert, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, their hockey team in their inaugural season made it to the Stanley Cup. I think they won the first game and then they lost the rest of them. And people were, you know, like, so when you go, if you go to Vegas, you see like, you see the little, like, the little (laughs) knight helmet on people's, uh, on their like little stickers on their cars and um, uh, license plates of like golden Knights, And it's like, because that inaugural season and I, it's like, and a lot of my family out there, they'll be wearing like gear and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I thought it was some college team for a while. Like I didn't, cause I didn't know what happened. And then, you know, my cousin explained it to me that they just, it just, yeah. Like you, can you imagine that? inaugural season it was, it, it's like going to the stanley cup and it's then kind of just imagine of the following the fandom like holy shit you know it's like this desert and, city produced like the <laughs> well you're gonna probably end up seeing that a lot region. more because there's that mass migration a lot of people who aren't moving all the way to texas are moving to to vegas yeah and, like they're moving to that you know they're to nevada yeah. 
because it's right there next to California. So they're moving yeah, there. Yeah, it's going to go to shit. <laughs> so, it, so there's a big explosion uh, of like sports I'm, games. I'm stuff. telling you, I'll tell you as like someone like, dude, not even a few years ago, like the level of homeless people you see is like ridiculous. Like I don't ever remember seeing shit like that. Like I yeah. saw last time. And they're coming up from LA. I mean, it's only four hours away. Because LA is so fucked. California is so fucked up that, uh, well, but anyway, let's yeah, not that's go off of point, I mean, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, we, but, we could talk yeah, about anyway, we don't, how we don't Northern California is trying to secede from, from the rest of California right now, but we're not going to talk about the state nah. of Jefferson and we're not going to put in the tags. This would be like a special treat for somebody who's like, Oh, they I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk anymore about that. California. Okay. <laughs> um, um but so they've they've started redoing their teams and stuff like that. And they actually released a lot of people. Like I, I was surprised that they basically released the entirety of the Houston Outlaws team except for our golden boy, uh, Dante. And they actually kept hydration, which I was a little surprised at, but that's that's besides the point. And the people they picked up, they're not necessarily like the big, big names. Like they're they're kinda like it seems like they picked they made it they made a team up of people who they're not the best players on the team, but they're definitely like if it's like there's a tier one, they're the tier two people who kind of elevate the people at the top tier of it, right? So a lot of these teams have these new completely different rosters and stuff like that. And I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes because as far as I'm concerned, there's not a lot of esports that capture i guess like the there's not a lot of esports to make it so how do i put it like there, there's not a, a good team based esport thing right like, yeah like this is when you think about well, it like in the sense of like there's there's defined position where you have to be in well the first time yeah okay so cuz see i got to stop you right there cuz the first esport I ever saw, and I literally fell asleep while I was watching it, was League of Legends. And that, you know, kind of started the MOBA craze. Well, I, as far as I know, I, the first MOBA I ever knew about. But now Overwatch is like a MOBA shooter. Like, they they flipped it. And I I think it's way better. You know, I'll watch the little... I'm not, you know, I'm not going to follow it like I think you do. But a lot of those little video clips you share, I watch. Um, cause right, right. You can actually like, you know, it's like it's like that's a cool play. You know the the like the, um like the I, bamboozle. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The that's the outlaws tactic, right? Right, right. The the Winston bamboozle thing. They they have a lot of little bamboozle things and. I guess really the problem with the outlaws is just they're just not really adaptable, and hopefully they fix that. But they pretty much cleared their entire roster. When I say they got rid of everybody, they basically got rid of everybody. But it's going to be fun this coming season, and the only reason, like I said, it's it's the pace and the team based like situation that makes it entertaining. Because I've heard people tell me they they've tried watching the Call of Duty like esports thing, and it's not the same. Because yeah. is it is it how do I put it like when it comes to FPSs and stuff like that it's very easy to pop off like everyone there's is no what's the synergy in 
in that type of game. You know what I mean? Like what's right. the there's no big play. Like it's the, it's going to be like the same it's going to be the same fucking play. It's like who can hold what position better or whatever whereas opposed to an Overwatch you see like uh, what's a good example? I think it was Shanghai had this one play on um what is the name of that that it's a 2 point CP it's in Japan. Like usually most people don't make it past the first choke. I forget what it's called. Um either way, they have this like play where their their team separates into three groups. And it's just like right when they're reacting to one push, here comes the other push to flank their push. And it, it is like it it is a masterwork. And you, you you saw it again with the bamboozle one or like when they do what's a popular play where they do uh Reinhardt Lucio in on uh in the London map, the the God, I always forget their names. Kings Row. Row. There's there is a technique that the the shock are really good at because they have one of the best Reinhardts in the league, where they basically just set them up with the Lucio and they run around the map just flanking you at all these odd angles where there there's a team just pushing the cart and the other one is just basically the second you try to stop them from pushing the cart, they engage and flank you and with like a they pocket the Reinhardt and it just it just smashes into people with that cleave. So you don't get those kind of big plays. You might get them in League of Legends. I'm pretty sure there is like some like there, there there's a because each each character is different. There's got to be like a synergy you can build off of. Whereas in Overwatch, though, <clears throat> you can you can change what your composition is mid game. You can make these adjustments, like timing your ultimates and everything's important, like the ultimate economy. It's it's just it's just overall more entertaining, in, in my opinion, when it comes to esports. Are you you know one thing to mention about PC players? Uh, one thing that I've used is the the test server when they have like a new character. That's Those a cool thing players. that you get. It's a cool thing you get. I remember I did that when uh, Ash was about to come out. But another thing that you can do is you could do the the um, the league the replay viewer, and so you yeah. can watch them in you know rendered and look at the angles and really look at that. Are you going to be doing that? Oh wow, I can't totally do it now. I never thought about that, and that's actually a good thing too because there's certain there's certain uh, people I want to watch while they're playing, and they don't get the the emphasis like if there's somebody who's playing like ball a particular or they're known for how they play wrecking ball or they're known for how they play winston or or some other class that i'm because yeah. like more often than not I, I play tank because yeah and you know what actually when you put it that way when you put it that way um that makes me more curious like okay like how are there any tricks for like support? Cause that's what I mainly play. It's like, I, I usually am stuck playing other, other, uh, mercy. I've been, my off character for support seems to be as of late seems to be Zenyatta. Cause I could, I can, I'm actually gotten good at like doing damage and I probably get distracted from healing. Cause I'm like, I'm, uh, uh, Discord, throwing Discord and oh, trying to dude, hit people. Like, That's a good anti-Bastion tactic, right? Discord yeah, yeah. and then go around the corner, like get out of a sight, charge up, and then come right back into sight. 
right as your fully charged up barrage goes. And, and, and if they didn't move, they're dead, you know? So, so that's one of the weird ones, right? Like I don't, um, when I'm playing mystery heroes, for some reason, it might just be because most people aren't playing things are good at. If I happen to land on Zenyatta, I end up like wrecking shop really well. And you're right. It's really easy to get that, that narrowed view where you're just going for DPS damage because he is a very, very strong damage dealer. In addition, because I mean, even his discord orb is a, his, uh, what's it called? What's the healing one? The healing orb doesn't really help out much. It's like a nice little passive heal. The discord orb though does help out a lot. And he does do a lot of damage, especially with his charge shots. And there's a lot of technique that goes to making him like really, really good. Um, it's just, I'm not a, well, I say I'm not great at doing, doing uh, support. It's just sometimes it, it, it really is like, you feel like you want to do more and it, it can be a little boring, even in the heat of the moment when you're just kind of trying to keep your team alive because don't get me wrong like mercy yeah. is is like if you're if you're a good mercy it tilts the scales for your team yeah pretty, i always make yeah i make hard. jokes i make i kind of like that's where i'll get cocky where i'll be like i'll be like i i said something to my friend on on xbox i, I forget damn it it was but uh the the way they rebutted is like like oh yeah you know I'm, i i i like complimented myself is like yeah and they're like yeah whatever but don't stop playing mercy we need you yeah right right like, right <laughs> yeah it's like um i'm pretty good at um I, one thing that i've gotten good at is not being overzealous on the reses because i've died so many times like oh i got to res this person and i'm and i might be at the i've gotten where i can kind of hide out you know and it's like I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't want to let him die, but I got to because I'm just going to die. Actually, if I gotta I try look to... up this video real quick because you're exposed. reminding me of this. So I'm going to put it um, in our private Discord thing, but this is basically like one of the quote unquote, he's, he's considered the best Mercy and, player. And I need, to, I need to go back into uh, free for all as Mercy and hone my, um, my battle Mercy skill. Because I used to be a lot better at uh, fighting with her. Uh, I actually, I was actually for there's a few matches in the past where I was like dominating in a eight, you know eight player free for all death match. So I went ahead and threw it into our our um, our Discord, but it is a essentially it is one of the Overwatch leagues. Where uh, Jake, who is now he's a player, uh, what does he call them? They call him a player development coach and a player for the Houston Outlaws. Like he recently retired, he retired a while ago. They retired his number and everything, but I guess hmm. he he came back because he he was a commentator. He's very popular. Um, he he's not a bad player. He's he's a pretty knowledgeable player, and I'm pretty sure like he's probably gonna kind of like um super from the San Francisco shock. I can definitely see him transitioning from being a player to being a coach, like probably either being a personality, but ultimately turning into a coach for the overwatch league. Cause he just has that kind of t- talent pool and understanding of the game. 
um, he he made this video for this one person that I not believe that the San Francisco Shock traded, which he is like one of the better support players out there. Not the best, but he is definitely up there. Like his name is Moth. He predominantly plays like uh, Mercy and Lucio, I believe. He's he's great at both. Um, it, it's funny because like there there's. There's not a lot of players who are like that. Oh, that they're the best mercy ever. Like most people don't say that. Most people mm-hmm. when they talk about yeah. supports, it's like they focus on Batiste, they focus on Zenyatta. Um, I thought I'd or, like uh, Batiste, but I do not. They nerfed him recently. He used to basically be like a soldier, like a little better version of a soldier. Seventy six because I, they I thought, heal and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought he would be a be- a good like off. Kind of, kind of like how I, I like Zenyatta, but um, I like Anna better than him. Like I'm actually, if I'm in the zone, like I'm wait, like being able, like the little pod things he shoots, and I just never, I never wrap my head around oh, that. No, I'd no. rather shoot directly, or or yeah. You haven't seen. I'd rather like, have that direct control. So his his immortality shield. Or field, whatever it is. Like if you if you get good at throwing that thing, you can almost like bank it around a corner to land right next to your team, and you'll save their asses in a pinch. And it's so gratifying. He's good. He is very good. It's just that, um, that's another one. If I'm playing mystery heroes and I land on him, typically I play him for the entire duration of the map. Like I just don't die, even in the the most dire of situations. But not not for you know lack of trying or anything. It's just it just doesn't happen. Um. But either way, like I can't believe they traded this dude to a different team. I forget who he's on now. He might be on the Gladiators, which if I had to pick teams that I like in the Overwatch League, it's typically the Houston Outlaws, the LA Gladiators, and I also have a bit of adoration for the Chengu Hunters, who are like the the Chaos team, as they're they've been called, where they just I mean, they're one of their main players. Like he specializes in balls, so their whole team is really good at this whole chaos gameplay. That when it works, it works really well. But when it doesn't, they're <laughs> they're, they're shit out of luck. Um, but like I said, there, there's a lot of dynamicy to Overwatch, and I think this next coming season, if you're not into it, I can almost guarantee you, like if you kind of start watching it, you're gonna you're gonna start liking it. And there's a lot of little intricacies and stuff like that. And you see what certain certain classes and, and the way people have to play around certain characters that it's just it's just interesting to see how people. Like, what, what, what was it when it came down to when they did the whole hero pools thing, it was trying to figure out for a lot of people was what is the best solution to this problem or. What is the solution that the other team's going to do for that problem that we can counter? And it was this like little intricate game of chess of like what balanced team makeup are we going to have that we can capitalize on our guys to be better than their guys? And can we predict what they're going to do so we're ready to counter them when the time comes? It's 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 a very interesting game to say the very least. And yes, I'm I don't know, I'm excited for this 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 season coming up and. There's there's a lot of new yeah. teams, and if, even after just watching it for one season, seeing where these people ended up and where they got moved around from and where they used to be, and kind of like <laughs> thinking about like, okay, okay, I can see where this is going to be like a good mix of people, and 
it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, I, man, I, I wanted to, but I guess it'll be a topic for next time. Part of my, 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 my resurgence, my rejoining of the PC, uh, master race, uh, is I got a new monitor. So I have, what, what I have right now is a Samsung 4K. Uh, and, you know, it's like f- most 4Ks are 60 hertz. This is 60 hertz. And I don't get, I, I actually get pretty good. I don't, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not 60 FPS on Overwatch, but it's pretty good in 4K. Like I have to say, they, they have this game optimized pretty well. So, but what I did is I bought a new video, a new monitor that's actually a lot cheaper and it's a 1440 and um, it's 144 Hertz. And so that will be nice. It just came in like literally like when I was making tea before we started. So I haven't had a chance to test it out, but that is something that um, I want to see. I want to see how this thing looks playing uh overwatch before anything else because i know overwatch runs so good on my computer and i'm not even i'm using a five-year-old card you know yeah 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 so that'll be nice i'm curious do you what kind of monitor do you use um i forget exactly it is an asus i think it's a 4k uh curve monitor let me find that real quick you probably get pretty decent. You probably you're probably at that. You probably max out the hertz. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like I think it's an Asus Tough Gaming. I forget how big it is, but it's a curved monitor. So, and it is. So you play Overwatch in 4K? Yeah, I play pretty high resolution. Like I didn't think Overwatch could look that good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it it's looks a, nice, right? It's, it's such a cartoony looking game. You wouldn't expect it to look. Like yeah, that it much. does look. Yeah, and I, and I, I was comparing them like how how it looks. Um, I mean, it's like 1080, and and there's something weird that happens when you like the pixels are like scaled down. Like 1080 on a 4K doesn't look that great. It's still playable. I still do do pretty good. Um, it still looks good. Some games look even worse, though, and I'm not sure the tech behind that. What's so, going on? So okay. Speaking of games that look amazing on this monitor, though. Um. So before the freeze happened, I wanted to get a. I, I think it's funny that th- that just happened last week, and we didn't even it didn't even occur to us to mention it as to being the reason why like we we don't really have much to talk about today which is funny because that's exactly the reason why we don't so okay so last week i knew the freeze was coming and on the off chance our internet went down because i was expecting (laughs) i was i was being very modest and thinking well the power is going to stay on but the internet might go down so i'm going to make sure that i have like something to play on my computer because more than likely i probably won't be able to drive to work so I want to have something that I can entertain myself with. So I went and I bought Hive Busters, which is a Gears 5 campaign add-on, explicitly 
so I could play it when the power was down because I, hmm. I I'm a big fan of gears. Like I've made that pretty clear. And I always tell everybody like that. It, there, if there's one game on Xbox, that is a game that I'm always like, you know, super, super hyped for. So I got it. I downloaded it. And sure enough, um, I want to say the, the on Monday. So I think we only like legitimately lost power for like one full day and maybe like half another day. We were, we were fairly fortunate. So I was fully planning on playing Hive Busters. So once the power was stabilized after the first day, I was like, well, Internet's down. Uh, I'm basically just watching like YouTube on my phone. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something different. So I go to my computer. I boot up Hive Buster. I boot up Gears 5. And wouldn't you fucking know it? You can open the game in offline mode of Steam. But in order to play anything, it has to connect to the internet. So, like, it won't even load up the menu. It just, it, it pulls everything up. It goes through all the cinematics for, for, for Gears and, and all the other companies. And it just sits there trying to load up the title screen because apparently you need the internet to do so. So I, I just assumed, like, well, maybe it's, it's taking a minute because it's not connected to the internet. So it's got to figure out how it's going to do it. It never does it. And it just completely shit on my plans for that. And I ended up playing, I ended up playing a lot of, uh, of Cyberpunk 2077 because it was the only game that one looked amazing on my computer and you know has a fantastic storyline. So I was like, fuck it. If I'm gonna play something and I can only play something that's offline, I'm gonna play this. But eventually the power came back on. So well not the power, but the internet came back. So I decided to play some hive busters. And I have to freaking say this is one of the Okay, so when it came to Gears 4, some people kind of blamed the fact that Marcus Phoenix wasn't the main character for its flopping. And That's I can kind of a flimsy... That is a flimsy excuse, because Gears 5, it focused on other people. Still a fantastic game. And to add further insult to injury, Hive Busters is, has no one from the original Gears cast. I think one of the characters is like the daughter of Coltrane and she's not even part of your party. Um, another guy, he is the the general who ran the cog. It's like they, they have people there from the original games, but none of the cast that you're playing as has anything to do with anyone from the original Gears. And I can confidently say that... Marcus Phoenix, like Dom Delgado, Coltrane, and Baird, they have nothing to do with the success of that franchise. Because yeah, these it's are- the, dude, they're not like ultra like character rich. Okay, I, I've only played the first one, but I don't remember being like, oh, these breathtaking like you know, it's not like it's not like Metal Gear Solid, right? Where you have these big, long, drawn out cutscenes, you know. Eventually, you do get that, but yeah, well, I'll say okay. So, gears two and three definitely. So, 
looks like he's from first of all but anyways he seems like he's ripped straight out of an old 80s 80, like 80s early 90s like action movie to the point where like he even sounds like Murtoch from uh from from lethal weapon where he's like i'm too old for this shit and, and it's fucking it's fucking great so there's him apparently he's just like a corporal in the cog and they brought him on they needed a bunch of people for a mission and they brought the best of the best that they could get so he's one of the guys you have another chick who's apparently like supposed to be some pacific islander like she, she's not samoan but she's she's she could be maori or something like that but she's essentially like an island person in their cog world and you have like this this fucking irish fucking bastard who just runs his mouth the whole time and it's it's all fucking great and all it feels like you're like in an 80s action movie that was like moved into our current time like with the budgets that we have now and it is it is so much fun and it's just i'm playing the game just thinking wow why aren't they making more gears games I, and there's a gears tactics that i've been meaning to play which also focuses on different people but my big my big thing especially with like that the unofficial gears 4 the one that came out for xbox 360 i think it's like gears it's more it's like a prequel one that was really good only two of the main characters return and that whole um character. i have to look it was it up. like it had a weird subtitle it was like Armageddon or something, right? Uh, it was like, um... Judgment is Gears Judgment. Judgment. Okay, yeah. you get what I'm saying. Where I'm coming? Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. Like it is, <laughs> it is a forgotten Gears title, but it's like having played it, it is one of the funnest fucking Gears out there. But again, like I, I just gush when a good Gears game comes out because it's it's different. You know what of... you're talking about? I feel like that might be a good change of uh pace i might like pick up like gears 5 um because it's on game pass i think you'd like it a lot actually if you can get the high busters expansion okay well okay so gears 5 it's not your typical gears game in the sense of like you know where it has a very directed plot it's a very it's an open world sandbox game interesting little missions and stuff like that but it's very much so gears and i i love it I think it, 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 to me, Gears 5 saved the franchise and it consistently continues to do so. And I want to see more. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but when I say, like, I love Gears games, Gears 4, absolutely hate it. Everything else that they've come out with has been phenomenal. It's been a treat. Even the weird, goofy stuff that they make that you think wouldn't work is still fun and entertaining. It, it is, I can't say enough good things about it. Mm-hmm. but I, I think i think we should probably i think this is just going to be a strictly video game episode i know i wanted to talk about wandavision and how much i feel like it well, might, I, well, well no, how, like I, how close are they to like the finale they're they're getting there pretty close but i gotta say i didn't i'll, I'll summarize it pretty pretty quick and painless is that i had my reservations about the format but after this episode that just came out, I suddenly, to, to quote community, when, when Jeff Winger like holds Abed close and looks him in the eyes and tells him, I see your value now. Like, I, 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 I fucking see their value now. And I, I, I get where this long form format 
this homage to sitcoms, all of it, all of dude. it pieced together. It's actually not bad. It's actually that's funny. Put, I did that. Um, <laughs> that meme you posted was fucking amazing. Like I had to do a double take. I was like, why is that funny? The one where it's like, he's like, it's like, it's like, what are you like? Why are you doing this to me, man? Like, and I, I didn't even think about it because that was, um, you know, the, that was the war machine that I think I feel like everybody kind of liked more than oh, um, um, the the Don John Don Cheadle one. Um, yeah, I know. Like nobody remembers his name, even though he was like around that time. He was just like in everything. He was in everything around that time. Um, oh god, I used to know his name because people make fun of him all the time for his, exactly him saying "man" all the time. But so they actually finally talk about it. it it's all, all I'm going to say this about one division. I didn't think it was a good start. When the twist happens, things start making sense in a predictable sense, and you're kind of shaky of how you feel about it. But then as the next twist starts happening, you start realizing why this format's good and what it helps you, what kind of narrative it lets you share, right? So you couldn't make a Marvel movie with this. I mean, the closest thing they did was the time heist movie it's essentially okay so for me like the best movies that the marvel franchise has put out and i'm I'm, people are probably gonna like you know crucify me for saying it because it is what it is but this is my list if if you want to like have a debate we, we can have a debate about it but for me it's like it's like winter soldier the first guardians of the galaxy both Ant-Man movies, and I don't care what anyone says, Ant-Man is, in my opinion, one of the better movies because it's the, I, I, I'm not going to get into it. Dude, I I, yeah, I could give you, I could give you top three, like, easy. It would be like, it would be Gar- First Guardians, uh, Doctor Strange, and then uh, Ant-Man. The I mean, second one. I never saw the original Ant-Man. So. You, well, the second one's pretty good, but I think the first one might be a smidge better. I mean, Thor Ragnarok is really good too, but oh yeah, yeah, that's so basically that's your list contender. plus plus Thor Ragnarok plus Winter Soldier plus the last big. You know, event. you're trying to say your favorite, and your list of like ten fucking. No, movies. no, no. That's I'm not so listening. Many. I mean, I could list a I'm lot. Just of going. I'm just showing you like how many goddamn movies there are. There's so you many. Know, but... is this... I have a I have a particular kind of taste, but either way, the WandaVision show is captivating because the narrative it can say it's it, it, it's showing, and I I'm not proud enough to say it, but you know I've in in the last couple of years I've definitely experienced a bit of loss in my life, and and to have to see essentially like the, the best way I can explain this situation is when it came. God, this is going to sound really red letter media. When it comes to the next generation, as in Star Trek, the next generation, one of the ways they tell human stories is by telling them through the eyes of someone who isn't human. So the whole data experience of him, like realizing what it means to be a man is captivating. So we have a moment like this in, in WandaVision in this particular episode where vision makes a profound statement about grief and loss that is 
very heart wrenching and it's done out of the perspective of like the human mind. So it's giving a different perspective to grief that we wouldn't normally address because we are emotional beings occasionally answering logical questions with emotion instead of just answering them logically, which is something that he does in this particular scene, but it's captivating and you wouldn't be able to tell a story and have those emotional hits or those emotional notes in a three hour movie. There wouldn't be a moment for it to land. And it's, it's like a story about tempo and sometimes they get it wrong because it's such a long space to fill a narrative. But in instances like today's episode, it does an excellent job of capturing the scope of human emotion because there's time to tell those kinds of stories. And there's something to be said about it that we couldn't really do this in a big blockbuster movie. Although I feel like you, I have Marvel fatigue and I don't, I'm, I'm not really a hundred percent there, but I can appreciate them for what they did. The story they're telling. And just the narrative they're able to to share with us that we wouldn't normally get. And I'm fully expecting that if for some stupid reason they decide to make a season two, it's going to have the same issues that the Mandalorian season two had for me, which is eventually the, some of these storylines don't really work because they're already jumping the shark even though they're in season two. So hopefully there's just one season of one division however it is something to be said that long format shows like this can work and they do work on yeah. occasion but you know it's a pain i'm gonna say i'll, I'll i want to point out a little um a question a friend asked me you know because it's like oh, there's a lot of anime that's like one season or two seasons and he asked me like why why is that and my answer was, I, I, I didn't even have to think about it. I, it's one of those things that just made sense. And I'd never been told, I, I never heard it from anywhere else. But just off the cuff, I was like, because they know how to finish the story. And so hopefully they don't get greedy with this, you know, and it, it'll be like that, that springboard that you were saying that for, for the new universe. The post post Thanos finger snap, yeah. yeah. The post Ant Man going to Thanos's butt cheeks and expanding to great size from within him. That happened in one of those those universes that that Doctor Strange viewed, but they do have movies planned in the future. This is supposed to be like a, a stopping point almost. Like they, they understand the, lu- the lucrativeness of having movies. Because up until now, this is probably the first successful Marvel TV show. Because they tried it before with the Inhumans, and that was a travesty that no one wants to talk about. Dude, they did a bunch that they had like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you had the, oh, yeah. fi- you had the Iron Fist, you had Jessica Jones, well, the Netflix you had MCU Luke Cage. Count, which is weird. It's like in the Netflix world, these things are real. 
like the 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 MCU is real in the Netflix world. So like Ant Man, the Wasp, all that stuff, it happens in their universe. But it's a one way street. It doesn't go back the other way, which kind of is ridiculous when you really think about it. Yeah, but see, now you're caring too much. You're you're gonna you're gonna run into the same issue I had with Star Wars, where you're like, well, wait, what? No, what are you doing? You can't you can't take these concepts from from a canon that you've already you know forsaken, and and you know what I mean. It gets kind of uh, nitpicky. Right, right, right. So that's that's to be said, but I mean, it's it's obviously not going to be a perfect rendition. There's a lot of people who have issues with the whole <laughs> show in general, but. I just wanted to give my two cents in this particular episode. Like it is, it is, it is getting to me. Is this what I'm saying? It's breaking, it's breaking through the wall of uh, hmm. cynicism, I guess you could say. I haven't watched anything in well. Oh, you want to know the one thing that I watched? I haven't watched anything for a while. I haven't even watched any anime in a while. But I went back and I watched. Dune, the David Lynch movie, you know, the one that are that to me, that's like the definitive one. Did they and I was thinking, like, did they ever finish that other one with like Jason Momoa? And no, 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 no. that that is. uh, That was not done. They're still working on that. And it's supposed to be I think it's supposed to be part of that, that big slate of movies that they were talking about doing with how do i put it like the the big slate of movies where every month or every week there's supposed to be a new release from all the stuff that was backlogged because of covid and now hbo max and like disney plus are just gonna keep shitting them out for the next year like on streaming services because they found out it's a Mm. viable option huh so i believe i they might do like a simultaneous release, which is kind of their new thing that they're doing. Some of them, like, how do I put it? So some of the setups now is that there some, some things are contractually obligated that you have to release it in movie theaters and other things you have to, you can release into movie theaters and they're using the whole on demand service that they already had in place before to kind of skirt around those contracts and obligations. Um, But the overall plan right now is to basically release something every week or every month to kind of keep the, keep Hollywood afloat, all things considered. Uh, But we are kind of, I want to say we're kind of running a little long here, even with the errors that we've been experiencing. Yeah. Um, I think we're like on time, right? Like uh, more or less, I think. I think we're 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 we're, we're, we're we're at the crest of the show, and we're working our way back down. So I guess we can finish up on the last thing that we want to talk about, which is I finally got you. I was trying to get Chase to play it, but unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out. He's been having a lot of random haphazard things happen to him lately, and I'm hoping that his luck turns around in the future so he's more available to do stuff with us. But I got you to play the quote-unquote underrated gem that is Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, and I 
and my friend uh really liked it too like we were playing it for the next couple of days we, we i want to get back on um but it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool little game like the way you can what would you say it's a it's a class based so i mean it's like left for dead let's just get that out of the way it's, it's basically got that left for left dead, dead. Left 4 Dead, Minecraft. So you have four different people, right? And there's your your mining. Like the the most basic one is like you're mining for Morkite, you know. And then there's like egg hunts where you get to find these alien eggs. And then the coolest one that we played was where you have to like you start out. You have this like extractor, and then you have to build pipes over yeah. to the drills and you can like you can ride the rails so like you you build it all the way out and then so which at first i was like okay that's kind of cool but it seems like more or less of a gimmick until you have the last little horde where creatures start attacking the pipes and you want to get there quickly and repair them so it becomes more fun you know that's shooting at creatures while you're riding on this big pipe so that one's actually a more recent, like, because the, the game's been out for three years. It just yeah, recently. I didn't realize that until yeah, yeah, you told me. I thought so, this game had been out months, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to say that update from at least from what I see with the YouTube timelines, it sounds like the update with the Liquid Morkite. It just happened back in October, so it's like a very recent add-on that we just because we all started so late, we started playing. We're like, oh, this is cool as shit. So. For a lot of people who play this game for this whole time, they they just got that update, and I'm pretty sure they're they're cheesing, they're cheesing fucking <laughs> brains out. <laughs> Still one of my favorite quotes. And uh, <laughs> look out for the signs. Look for the signs. He may oh, th- say okay. things like, "I'm cheesing my effing my brains out." Oh man. So it is a deceptively simple sounding game that has so many layers that is so quote unquote deep that I don't I don't know. I I wasn't expecting to love it so much and I just prestige last night and it's funny you mentioned the Liquid Morkite one cuz last night because we were doing the prestige missions one of the ones that dropped, which I'm pretty sure you guys are kind of just dipping your toes still, so you haven't experienced all the modifiers. We had a, a ghost ice digging of, of uh, liquid morkite. So ghost is basically this this giant creature that you can't hurt, who can typically take you down in like one to two hits, and it just kind of just chases you around the map, and. Typically, we make big roller coasters on our liquid morkite thing because we were a little higher level and we get the the opportunity to fuck around more. So, in this one, because we kind of constantly in fear of this this thing just murking us, we were just like frantically playing pipe and hoping for the best, and we weren't able to really truly get to enjoy it as much, and we weren't able to fortify certain positions as much because. Lo and behold, if we're all clustered around the the extractor, where's the ghost gonna go? So it it was a fun experience, but 
holy shit man and uh there's other maps you probably haven't seen yet like i don't know if you've been to the pandora map or i guess there's another one you can kind of call like the australia map where everything's trying to kill you even mm-hmm. the plants are trying to kill you but the, we we have a particular hatred for the pandora one which just came out with the last expansion because it looks like pandora from avatar but it's like a multi it, it is a multi-tier map from height so it is like it's very easy to fall fall down into a pit and basically die and moving around the maps really hard because there's multiple levels and although it's it is a cool looking map it's very dark and there's not it it's it's not as the the the, the fun wears off really quickly but the big thing if if you're just kind of piquing your interest Deep Rock is a very fun game. There are four classes. You have your gunner, which is your typical like heavy weapon specialist who has machine guns and has like every class has their own way of traversing the map. He makes zip lines. You have the scout who is essentially That's what I've been doing. It's it's like higher mobility. You can zip you can like zip line really quickly up. We call it batmanning. Batmaning. <laughs> so you could tell I would tell you know, so like my friend Patrick, he's like an engineer, I'm like, hey, put a you basically you could shoot a platform to a play to a like a little ridge where normally you and like right below where there's some morkite or something. And then I could you know, a scout could zip up there and mine it real quick. You know, so there's a cool little like synergy where you you do you want to have all these different classes? There, there um, is certainly, and then that's another thing. You, you can either go for the whole makeup of having like, if you have like a four player game, everyone has their own particular class that they're playing, or, and this is something I kind of do appreciate the game. There is no limit to the, there's no class limit. So if you're yeah. playing with four of your friends and you all want to play driller, you can all play driller. Now, is it the best idea depends on the map like certain maps will bring double gunners or 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 double drillers more or less like depending on the map type will bring a particular class to help out but it it it, there's a lot of ways to play the game and there is and and like it's not just a class base it's just like your builds and and what you want to do with it and it's just just a lot of variety and it, it can change on a dime like for instance, I I started bringing the plasma cutter with me, which is one of the the higher tier unlocks for the engineer. And oh, there's other like items you can use. Yeah, so each class has two. So there are two primary guns. There's a there's another gun that takes the place of their primary one. So like for instance, with the scout, they have the assault rifle. Its secondary gun is a I don't we don't know how to use it yet because we don't have all the upgrades, but there's a sniper rifle that it gets. That mm. it basically but the, the downside is though, yeah. there's not a lot of single target. Like most of the fights are all horde based, so Yeah, but um see what what see I, I I'm already thinking and I'm like, yes, I like the scout I must stick with the scout now because what you could do, those big bugs where you gotta shoot them in the ass, I could use my zip line to get behind him. And then snipe him in the, you know, his abdomen area, right? His thorax. And these are like, in, yes, his thorax. These these are insect uh, creatures. So they're some of them, 
you just shoot him in the ass and it does a lot more damage than shooting him in the face. So yeah, I like that. That's cool. So that's, that's definitely an option for you, but his other gun replaces a double barrel, which by the way, if I have to give any recommendation, cause you're probably going to be with a double barrel for a while, because typically the primary gun is the first one you can, you can do missions to get their, their alternate gun at level 10 at level 15 yeah. secondary gun gets another one. So, for the double barrel, my recommendation would be to get the faster reload because I would never use it. But I remember at a certain point of the game, I was playing a scout and I realized like, well, I have money for the upgrade. I'm going to get the upgrade. And it's the only one I can get. I'm going to get the quick reload one. And I got the quick reload one and it completely changed the way you can use that gun. There, okay, so like I said, this game gets ridiculously deep for something as simplistic as it's it's left for dead, but you're digging for minerals. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> so you've already seen the upgrade list, and you can kind of like hover over and see what's coming next. Oh no, no, you can't. Not until you get to the top tier. So the guns can drastically change and how they're used depending on what tier you get to, and then whatever other upgrades you have, you can make adjustments to that completely change it. So. <sighs> And that's just one thing. So after you prestige, you unlock the forge, which eventually, when you get enough of these matrixes, you can overclock your weapons, which gives you another thing. Dude, so you're telling me all this crap. I'm like, what? There's all these. There's so much more that I just. There's there's early game. There's late game. There's, there's later game. And end game. End game? No, there is. I don't think there is an end because I just I'm looking at a video right now. And this guy's oh, like, you know what? You know what I mean? Like end yeah, game yeah, is yeah. like you've got pretty much. You know what I mean? Like like you just said you've like prestiged or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you got to prestige. There's there's three levels of prestige, and each one, you know, I don't know, man. Like I thought, like we were we. Ju- I just barely prestige that everybody else, and the amount of stuff I have access to completely changes the game. Like we were even joking, like how can you even play like on lethal settings and stuff like that? And now we're kind of getting to a point where we can play on like very dangerous and be okay. Like it's still a struggle, but we're getting to a point where we have to start using the modifiers or else the game gets way too easy. Yeah. And it's just, it keeps escalating and it keeps escalating. And I got to say this game you wouldn't expect it because you don't hear anyone else talking about it. You don't hear like a lot of hype. It's just like it's like a cult game that has so much love and affection put into it. Yeah. So many layers that a lot of people just don't know about it. So, like I said, there it hit its three year anniversary. And I'm I have the patch notes and everything open. And I'm not gonna do the faux pas that we've thankfully, after years of being on this podcast, finally got people to stop just reading patch notes. Um <laughs> It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long ago, but I, I definitely remember our. No, we weren't doing it that long. It was like, come I, on. I, I think most of us like, look, this is the E3 episode on. was the worst one, and it's funny I bring this up during our in memorandum of Freddy episode, but <laughs> so they're adding like a apparently like a, a modding a modding mod like like user generated mods for. For the Steam game version of this, and they're they're adding more weapons and and overclocks. Like apparently, after all these years, there's going to be more weapons and stuff to be put in, not just cosmetics. And they're doing they're still working on the game. They're just like, going to keep. 
I could, but I mean, you know, you think about it, it's a very like expandable, like it's, there's a, you could say the concept has a extensibility to it, right? You're like, right. oh yeah, what if they had this? What if we did this? And it'll work because it's like, hey, space dwarves, you know, why not? <laughs> so there's a lot more to this game. And kind of got my, that was the part where I was like, where my, like, my ear, when I was watching the thing, I'm like, oh, so wait, we're like space dwarves, and you're like, you're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, now you, now you have my attention, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's it's a if if we haven't caught your attention yet to play this game, we we highly recommend it. Hopefully, we've given you plenty of chances for you to look at this content that we've been talking about and give you some desire to reach out and look at it. Um, I don't know, Matt. Do you, do you have any like questions or anything you want to ask? I know it's just the two of us, and it's not a just the two of us. There's there's no one else here, but we can make it if we try. No, no, I think it good. We had a good like sort of game, mostly game talk. Okay, okay. So. I need to catch up on some anime. Maybe we'll have some anime to talk about. Um, I'll see. There is one I've I've been slowly working on, but it's just with with so much things going on and, and trying to. Say, don't even say because we're we're at the end. We'll talk about it. Oh, next so I I have to look it up to know the name. I'm not going to bother with it. But like <laughs> I said, we are at the end of the episode. If you want to find us on social media, we are on various platforms, along with other platforms where podcasts can be listened to. I believe our Facebook group, which I want to say has become inactive as of late, was fun intended. Uh, like I said earlier in the episode, we are part of the Clutch City crew. If you look for us on Discord, you'll find it. And by all means, add us in the general chats. We'll come out. We'll talk to you guys. Uh, there is There's a lot of other groups in this umbrella. So unless you guys reach out to us directly, we won't know to look in there and, and talk to them. Um, but yeah, we want to hear from you to, to see if you like what we're doing. If you want us to do other direction, we had other show ideas that we kind of worked on in the past that we're hoping to get back to at some point or another. We keep talking about it, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully in the future, we'll be able to address that. If you don't want to come to discord, you don't want to come to Facebook. We do have a Twitter page. It's FI underscore pod. And yeah, I think that's enough fun for this episode. Uh, Matt, do you have anything you want to add or say to anybody? Nope. Can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I'd like have to have fun. Ha- have fun. And I'd like to give one last shout out to, to our very own Fred and you're in our thoughts and prayers. And we'll definitely be hitting F and, and thinking about you for, the duration of this most caroling time that you're going through. But yeah, that'll do it. So uh, go ahead and say goodbye, Matt. All right, later. Bye.